morning class. I'm Richmond and welcome to the Art Eater Podcast where we take a deep dive into the artistry and history behind our favorite video games, uh, animation, comics, and just other awesome stuff, whatever we whatever we feel like talking about. Um, so I'm here with my co-host Sean. Say hello. Say hello. And uh, also with our, well we, we, we used to call them our, our, our special guests, but they're pretty much <laughs> our other co-hosts. Uh, Thomas and James, please say hello. Hey. Hello. Right. I prefer being the special guest. I feel more special. special. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe we'll. we'll you can be our, special, our Thomas. Perpetual. Yay! Our perpetual <laughs> special guest, special Thomas, and, and special. Yay! I'm special, special Thomas. Yes. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, today we do have a very special podcast for you. Uh, today is the first installment of um, our our 3 a.m. games feature. I'm, I'm really <laughs> excited about this. So um, uh, th this is an idea we had on the previous podcast. Uh, we, we, we were our last podcast. We were just winging it, and then we ended up just talking about weird games that we like. And then um, uh, you know, I I, I I don't know. Was it Thomas or, or I, I think it was it was James who said he was, it was he James. Yeah. yeah, yeah, James, mm -hmm. our ex, our. our amazing wordsmith he described them as 3 a.m games games that um no matter what time of day it is it makes you feel like it's 3 a.m and you're slightly delirious it's it's just late but you you just can't put this game down and I, it's like uh yeah i just wanted to call out that it is entirely james fault that the word casserole has made its way back into my vocabulary it used to be used zero times and now I, I find myself being like, that is a lovely casserole of design decisions you've made there. And I was like, why did I say that? And I was like, this is James Stanley's fault. That's exactly whose fault it is. Uh, <laughs> Guilty as charged. Yeah, his, Guilty his as charged. His turns of phrase are very, uh, 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 yeah, they'll just worm their way into your brain. They're, so <laughs> they're enjoyable. So good. Yeah, so 3 a.m. games. These are the games that you, you play it. And then years down the road, you're like, whoa, did that, did that really happen? Like... Did did I dream this game or was it real? You know, and then then you hop on Wikipedia and you're like, holy crap! Like, yeah, that that game was real. So, um, all of us have we each picked our own 3 a.m. game. Um, we have not told each other what the game will be, um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm really excited about this. I think I think James, you said, uh, you know, what if we pick the same game? And I'm like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like the, <laughs> the odds of that are. Uh, <laughs> All of it's, us it's, yeah. it's about as common as, uh, I guess, Dan's invulnerable Dragon Punch in fighting games. Like, the <laughs> probability is so not in our favor. <laughs> it was okay. in our favor, actually. But yeah. So I, I, I did not even know that Dan had an invulnerable Dragon Punch. Can we, can we get into one of our famous tangents first? <laughs> so, so dan has had this since alpha 2 where there's a very small probability where when he does assure you can it actually has the same properties that typical shadows have like you kanakuma where the first few frames he's invulnerable and he can successfully push through whatever attack he's trying to hit in alpha 2 he has this but it's like a one in tenth it's like really minimal, but you know that you've done it because he flashes white for like a brief second. So they actually show like when the vulnerability is in effect because he turns like he, his whole sprite flashes white for like like a two or three frames. So it's it, it happens randomly. Yeah, there's no yeah. way to actually enforce it. Uh, the only time it ever has been something that you could enforce 
is actually recently in Street Fighter V. Like they gave him a new mechanic where he can do like perfect shoryukens, but wow. or koryukens. I'm sorry, because he doesn't do shoryukens. Does koryukens? <laughs> right, but right. That's uh, how you feel. yeah, but in but in Alpha Two, he would flash white. That was how you knew that he did like a perfect uh, shoryuken. So that is the probability of <laughs> us <laughs> actually having the same game. That, yeah. that's, that's that's my theory. So. Yeah. We're good. All right, all right. Uh, who who wants to go first? I, I, uh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I I would I would I would like to to, to go first. All um, right, yeah, let's lead, lead the charge, please. Okay. As the three AM ambassador, I feel it is. Yes, I think that's <laughs> only appropriate. Uh, yeah. so so I came across this game uh fairly recent within the year, and um. I, I didn't know what to think of it except that, I mean, I'm going to use my own words here, it is a beautiful casserole of, of amazing things. Uh, Junji Ito, uh, HP Lovecraft, and, like, MS DOS Nightmare Colors. And what I mean I, by that uh... is, <laughs> what, I, what, I, what, I, what I mean by that is... Games that were made either in the 8-bit era or like prior, right? There's certain palettes that they would have that even in a game that wasn't supposed to be scary. Like uh, Tech Mobile has some of these palettes where it's like these very uh, desaturated like pastels. And it oh yeah, I know feels... exactly what you mean. Like the fall it, colors. It's, it's, right. It's like you're doing a football play, but you feel like you're going to get murdered. Like because the <laughs> colors on the screen are just unsettling and uncomfortable. Uh, and this game has that. Uh, it is a beautifully terrifying game. Um, some may know about it. It was developed by a Polish developer named Paweł Kosminski. Uh, he made this game when he was actually doing it part-time between his work as a dentist. Um, which I find interesting. Uh, it's, it's like, how do you even have time to make something like this? He had like two assistants uh, that helped out with a little bit of the writing and you know stuff like that. But it is a horror game that takes place in uh, Shiokawa, Japan, where you as the player, you explore different locations and you come across like otherworldly creatures uh, to halt an apocalypse. But it, it's not as simple as that because the stories are rooted within that town and the people in certain locations. So uh, it draws you in really quickly. The game I'm talking about is called Kyofu no Sekai, which is known in English as World of Horror. Mm. Um, this game, from the moment that you are in it, it it's 3 o'clock in the morning. I don't care how sunny it is outside where you are. <laughs> when you're playing this game, when you're listening to the music, you're, you're being introduced to the characters, even the mechanics themselves as the music is, is playing, uh, it's just a, a very uh, delirious like sort of uh, environment and aura about everything. Uh, all the art is actually less than 8-bit because... It's actually more like a one bit style. Like it's literally yeah. like DOS like a literally MS black and DOS. white. Yeah, mm -hmm. with like a few colors like splashed in very rarely. Um actually no, you can actually change it in the options, but Yeah, you have color palettes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there are specific color palettes that are there. Uh but it to, to be honest, I, I haven't heard a game have this type of eerie chiptune music. Uh you know, intentionally at least. Uh, and it's definitely something that once you start to read uh, the text that's coming across the screen and you start to get immersed in that world, like it, it drags you in. 
and uh, it's an incredibly creepy game. <laughs> Uh, just to, 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 to say the least. Mm-hmm. What I found interesting is that it's a dentist that made an horror game. And actually, one of my biggest fears are dentists. And things <laughs> related, related to teeth, you know. <laughs> so so really? that's something. Yeah, yeah. Like one of my worst nightmares you can make me have is like tearing my teeth. My teeth, sorry. So, yeah, knowing that this guy is a dentist makes me want to not play this game at all. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine the guy, you know, hey, the, the, the anesthesia is, is done, you should uh, do your work, and he's on his computer like, wait a second, I have to align to <laughs> those two pixels, right? <laughs> and, the, and the guy in the chair. <laughs> oh, my God. That, I mean, that is actually yeah. a common phobia, right? Yeah, it, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's it's one of those experiences in life that um, it's yeah. Uh, uh, most people outside of America, where people have dental care, uh, get a chance to go to the dentist, <laughs> and you, you get strapped to to a seat, and you can't move, and no matter what, and it, it's a pretty scary experience. And wait, wait, scary you get. You are strapped to your chair when you go to your dentist, Richmond? No, no. okay. You're not. Because they, they don't strap me, you know, but uh, that would be even I, more terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mentally, right? Mentally, <laughs> yeah, you mentally. Can't. You physically could just hop out of the seat and be like, look, I can't take it. But, but, but your, your, your social contract says you have to stay there. <laughs> and the dentist is being so calm as he's like drilling, you know, like just doing really disturbing stuff that your animal brain is telling you like get get out of here man and then it's like but but you're 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 you're, you're conscious you know well, the, you're, you're, the, yeah the, the dentist has a drill you know you don't have one and you don't have a shield so you can't escape the chair <laughs> yeah. anyway ah, sorry for What's the interesting is uh i mean th- there's no dentist office in the game however <laughs> there are hospitals and to me, depending on how you look at a hospital, like a hospital is kind of like an airport for life and death. So, like, it's like the fact that, uh, you know, there's some aspect of like how you enter this world and how you leave it being one of the locations in this game is actually like a, uh, an interesting touch for me. Uh, I mean, there's like quiet apartments, uh, and you would think, oh, okay, an apartment. I mean, like, that can't be scary, but actually, it can be because, like, if the person who's supposed to be in the apartment that's living there isn't there, and you're walking into it, you're walking into like a story. And I don't mean like the little cheesy thing in games where every character leaves notes for people, like when they go, but like <laughs> the idea of like what's in the refrigerator, uh, what was the last thing they were doing, where where the remote is, or where. Uh, an unfinished cup of coffee is like it, it there's a certain eerie kind of thing. it could be something that was cooking on the stove when they got killed or they were like letting it cool off and it's still there because they never ate it like that kind of environment like walking into it can be uh, a pretty creepy experience and i feel like a lot of the locations like as you're reading the story and the dialogue like it can really pull you into the mysteries that you're trying to solve uh, and they do I, a really I just good want job. to say real quick, you you said apartment. Um, ever since you said the game's name, it was a uh, world world, world of horror, horror, right? Mm-hmm. I, I kept thinking world apartment horror. 
they, they had that old Otomo. Oh, yeah, Tetsuhiro Otomo. It was a, a live action movie he directed in uh, 1991. It was based off of a story by Satoshi Kon, but it, it's, I, I think it might be his only, I don't know if it's his only one, but it, it, it's a live action movie. Um, I still haven't seen it. That used to be like my holy grail of like obscure cinema. I still haven't tracked it down. But I, I wonder if that inspired the title. Uh, given all the other obscure Japanese uh, references in the game. I, I mean, there's there's a lot in there, but I do think that that's probably one of the more foundational uh, homages that this game represents in some way. Uh, like, the, the, this game, I feel like, I wish it was on more consoles. I think you can play it on Steam. Yeah, I think that's the only way Steam. you can play it is on it's, Steam. It's in it's in early access for now. I think the game is you, you can finish the game, but uh, it's not completely balanced, so it can be yeah. hard sometimes. Yeah, the Doom the Doom uh, mechanic is uh, yeah. I think that's something that they've been working on a lot because it it, <laughs> it, it, it almost puts you in like soft lock states where you're just like, oh, I have made one mistake that has ruined my entire playthrough. <laughs> <laughs> like literally like not even okay, like not even very like, old school yeah so the game and that's another thing for me that makes it scary is the difficulty uh i mean all of us here have fought snk bosses before but like <laughs> this this like in this kind of game it, it actually reminds me of uh the difficulty at least at the time for me as a kid playing friday the 13th for nintendo uh because that game is excruciatingly hard and very unsettling Oh, uh, because dude, yeah, that game's scary as hell. Yeah, like, and that game actually was doing like pseudo, like isosom isometric uh, 3D uh, in certain places. Like when you walked through rooms when it was first person, like there's a whole lot of stuff going on in that game that was like really creepy. So it it has that sort of feel of being incredibly difficult, uh, but also like just unsettling. Uh, you know, if you want like a quiet horror game to play, it's not expensive it's still in early access like i, I highly highly recommend this game if you want to be terrified <laughs> i agree <clears throat> world of horror yes world of horror <laughs> I, the the screenshot i shared with you there's a inside the wardrobe you find a meat cleaver you found a new item, Meat Cleaver. <laughs> and you're yes. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's it's so great. Like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> like what? <laughs> meat Cleaver. Yeah, of course. Because yeah, of because course. of course. Because of course. You're gonna exactly. know, oh my god. Okay. Do, do you feel like um do you do you feel like the dentistry experience like uh, seeped its way into the game? <laughs> I mean, it, it, I will say this, like, uh, maybe, like, the way the UI is set up and the way that uh, it's presented on screen, there is a certain level of, I understand that this is the active image area for these things to be, but there's something about this that's uncomfortable to me, and it reminded me of those moments, if, if I want to make a parallel, to when the dentist is, like, hovering over you, and, you know, they're kind of telling you, like, to hold your chin or your mouth a certain way. And, like, you know, who else goes, who goes in your mouth, right? Like, it's an odd, it's, a, it's an odd experience, right? To have somebody digging in your mouth 
for like extended periods of time. So like that idea of like uncomfortable space where you just kind of see someone's torso and then like rubber hands like in your in your mouth like that sort of cross claustrophobic feeling uh, is kind of there. I mean, you understand where everything is, but it is kind of like jammed up at times with uh, like the art and like the text you're supposed to read and your stats and stuff like that. So uh, you know maybe. You know, I don't know if it feels like somebody's in my mouth, but it does feel uncomfortable <laughs> at times. Uh, just in terms of how... Uh... <laughs> God, Thomas. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, but, God. But, but what's, yeah. what's super interesting with this kind of game is how uneasy it makes you, despite being, you know, uh, a kind of visual novel adventure style game. There's not a lot of things going on there's no jump scare there's no you know yeah. nothing like that just it makes you uneasy and that's quite a that's quite a challenge i think to for a game for anything actually to 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 scare you but scare you with this aesthetics and those limitations actually quite fantastic and, uh, and respectful i have a lot of respect for people that can you know make you uh, make this work yeah, because it's it, it's it's incredibly difficult when you think about like the standards that people are used to visually, like in terms of like what they recognize as like uh, realistic or something that they can relate to. But the fact that someone can do this with like something that forces you to work in a particular way, where this is the type of game that it will make you look behind you, like it'll make you feel like like even if you're not like super super scared, like you'll like kind of peek around your own shoulder like uh you know just because of like some of the uh imagery you know it's kind of i don't want to say it makes you feel like somebody's behind you all the time the way that silent hills does but it definitely has its moments where you're like oh man i'm really immersed into this let me just like i know nobody's behind me but i just want to make sure you know like like you know that nobody's gotten into your apartment because you're playing this game there's no hachisaku behind you but if there's a game that makes you feel like there might be, this is the game. Ooh. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, this is, this is, if there was ever a game that would make you feel like uh, Alcina is behind you from Resident Evil 8, this is, this is the game. Right. <laughs> cool. Um, ha has anyone else played this? Other, uh, I mean, Thomas? You you clearly have some experience with this, right? <laughs> Hello? Thomas, you there? Oh, so, sorry, sorry, sorry. I muted my microphone to, to sneeze. Oh. <laughs> uh, sorry. So no, I haven't played it. I have oh, okay. a lot of friends that uh, that played it in early access. I'm waiting for the game to be, to be finished. And uh, I really love this uh, one-bit aesthetics because it, it really reminds me of the, the, the first Mac, uh, Macintosh, you know, aesthetics. And I've been digging this kind of aesthetics recently for a personal project, doing patterns and libraries and things like that, and uh, detailing images too. When you um, transform, you know, the wall image into a set of dots and the concentration of dots makes it uh, darker or not. And uh, so I'm, I'm really, really like this kind of aesthetic, something like that. So I'm going to play it, but I'm going mm -hmm. to, but even if it's a 3 a.m. game, I think I'm going to play it, you know, in bright sunlight with 
uh, all the, the the windows open to have you know the the, the sounds of the of the outside world coming to me. That is also <laughs> highly recommended <laughs> <laughs> because I'm really 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 bad at the horror games. I have a few ones on my Steam uh, in my Steam library that I've bought or got with uh, you know. Um, a package or a bundle or something like that and some of some of them are, are super great games like the amnesia series and i've never played them because i'm so scared even before starting the game so here you go may this one i'll do it but uh but uh with someone else in the apartment <laughs> okay as for you are you doing are you going to, to play this game richmond Oh man, I have such a huge back catalog. That, uh, <laughs> the the the, uh, the screens for this are really compelling. Like it, it's, I, I like these really aesthetically distinct games, mm. and um, I, I, you know, this this giving me flashbacks to like seeing a Apple computer for the first time in elementary school with like black and white graphics, and I'm very much dating myself there. But uh, um, I, I like that it's. Uh, not just a throwback, but like they actually put a lot of effort into it. Like they are really appealing uh, mm. images, and it it does work. Like James was saying, like there's something really creepy about the simpler graphics. It, it somehow feels more threatening. Uh, in a, I don't know. Maybe it's because it's more primitive somehow. Like it, it's, mm. yeah. yeah. It's 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 oddly personal. Uh, it, it because. Something about the limitations of it, it's like you subconsciously are forcing yourself to immerse yourself into the reality of it. And within that, the combination of the music and how unsettling it is, like it, it, it's almost like this sort of controlling force of sensibility where uh, you can't help but be terrified, right? It's like, you know, you're playing Friday the 13th as a kid. It's like, you know Jason Voorhees isn't real, but the game makes you feel Jason Voorhees. Like it, it, it makes you feel uh, these environments and these the, the feelings that they want you to feel as if it is real. So that that plays a huge part and I think that uh Kyofu no Sekai embodies that uh, heavily. Um, you know, it, it it yeah. Like when you play it you're just like, oh my God. Like I shouldn't be scared of this but I, I am some some things about in the game of, uh, for the interface reminds me a little bit of the um, of the uh, PC98 uh, computer games uh, Japanese PC98 I don't know if you've seen them There's, but they are most often they're not the very beautiful pixel art games oh, that yeah. uh, that came out uh, in the um, in the early 90s I think it was and uh and some of them have t terrible in the good in the good sense but probably not very practical but very beautiful uh ui yes and uh that's uh, that's something that i'm a bit missing like you know you are in your face uis uh and uh, i like that the world of horror has this kind of thing uh, going on in the game too it kind of you know participate in the in the in the feeling that you have Anyway, 
Maybe yeah. maybe Sean will be shocked. Like, no, that's that's too much UI. On the game. <laughs> a good UI, a good UI is a UI that disappears. <laughs> good uh, sometimes, sometimes we'll see. Sean, you enjoy your uh, opinionated UIs, right? Yes, mm -hmm. yes, I do. I I think. Uh, Especially with games, uh, I actually think that the, a good UI is not one unit is not a good idiom for games because like the UI in games is as much a part of immersing you in the experience they want you to have as it is uh, you know a control mechanism, right? Um, hmm. That's why you see a lot more like detailed looking Chrome and like stuff uh, on the edges of games. Like it's it's like it's it's part of the experience, right? It's it's uh, meant to. It's meant to immerse you in the world. So sometimes, like uh, horror games, a lack of UI is good. But then other ones, like uh, an example that jumps to mind is like RTS is like a StarCraft or whatever. The having the that like really heavy UI that's got like uh, like if you're playing Zerg, it's got like stuff climbing out on it and stuff mm. like the you know uh, or or any anything like that. Whenever you're, uh, I don't know, even looking at some of these horror games, like making you feel unsettled. Um, or like uh, where, where games have things like flashlights that will go out and part of the UI is to keep the flashlight alive and that kind of thing. I don't know. It, it really depends. So I, I feel like that uh, uh, one of the reasons why I like doing game UI probably more than other ones is that you get to do a bunch of unnec like unnecessary functional like nonsense. Like you, you can do a bunch of visual stuff onto the UI uh, that isn't like purely functional, but it is assisted of the, the feeling of the game. So... I'm trying to think of a good example of one that like is really really complicated, but it needs it to be. Um, I don't know. What comes to mind is games like Elite Dangerous or whatever, where like people have entire systems they've built with like you know multiple decks and controls just to feel like they're really flying a spaceship. So in some cases, having UI is part of the game. So I don't know. I I really enjoy Ever looking at game UI. So Eve Online is a bit the same. Uh... When you play it, you're like, oh, I'm definitely playing Excel in space. You know, Microsoft <laughs> Excel in space. And uh, that's, that's part of it. That's part of it. Well, like, even, um, uh, like, even some, like, some of the screenshots you're sharing are, uh, when, 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 like, it's kind of, like, part of the story that, like, you're looking at a screen or you're looking at a device. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like actually making it look like that is going to be more immersive than, like, having it be functional, you know? Um, yeah, I I agree with you. Right. <laughs> oh, that is whoa! Spreadsheets in space, you're right? <laughs> just, yeah, just heard a screenshot of that. Yeah. An, an Evo Nine screenshot with a uh, some a lot of informations. Like, and right. behind it, you can see a spacecraft. Is that Eve Online? Spaceship. <laughs> yeah, it's it's Eve Online. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've yeah. played it uh, for for one year, and after that, I stopped because I had to uh, things to do. <laughs> well, so in this case it's it's teaching you that the reality of running a spaceship is spreadsheets <laughs> so immersive do you do you imagine like having a spaceship is like you know being a um a freelance worker doing uh, all the taxes by yourself <laughs> all the papers you have to do having a spaceship is the same but in space I, I I have a I have a really good friend that I used to work with at Blizzard that uh, used to work with me in management, and one of his favorite games was called Startup Company, and it's exactly <laughs> what it sounds like, and it's it's detailed like you manage where people sit, your staff, like you buy servers, and I was like, this is what we do all day. 
why why do you play this for fun? He's like, I don't know, just the freedom of running your own business, managing a team. I was like, but this is, this is what we do. <laughs> but but there's something about that he really really found enjoyable. That's like that's like the the people playing things uh, like a truck simulator or something like that. Okay, you're just you know driving a truck <laughs> on the highway and you never see anything interesting because it's just the highway. And recently, I've been I've saw I've seen sorry a, a game about managing um, uh, managing a wine uh, a wine company, but like like you're in France and you have your 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 um uh oh, your grapes um grapes trees and grape trees and things like that and uh, you have also your kind of romantic castle and you have <laughs> to do wine and i was like wow. whoa that's super specific and i don't see anyone except maybe winemakers playing this <laughs> but that's the same like i'm a developer I'm super interested into by the the, the game uh, the Zach, by the Zactronics game, which are basically uh, program your own program in a game in Basic, you know. So <laughs> like, yeah, I suppose that's, uh, that's it. maybe 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 uh, Sean, there's going to be a game about building UI, you know, and uh, and uh, UX challenges, and you're going to love it. <laughs> there is no way that doesn't exist already. I refuse to believe that someone hasn't created that. Ah, I hope. I hope for you. I'm, oh my god, this game about startup, the startup company game. It <laughs> just looks uh, like work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really looks like work. Yeah. And why, why is there a 3D avatar on the on the bottom right? It's creepy. It's looking at you. Uh, I, I just, I really love, there's this one screenshot for, for when obviously uh, our listeners can't see it, but it's like, it's like a Google Analytics spreadsheet with like users and, and revenue. And I was like, this is what Google Analytics looks like. This is, this is yeah, not a game. This is what people do. It's not fun. It's just like, it's not even like they're making a fun version of it. This is what you no. do. Uh, anyway, but he really likes it. And it, this, yeah. this kind of UI is very immersive for him because this is what running a business looks like, especially a website startup company. To me, it's it's almost as frightening as the screen of World of War, and uh, <laughs> 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 because because it really looks like Google Analytics, and anyone that one day had to go inside Google Analytics knows what it is and why it's a nightmare. That's the true horror, yeah. Okay, can I go next? With yeah, my yeah, game. Yeah. Yep, do it. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm going to, to to make you have the trip of your life because uh, we're going very far from a startup company, Google Analytics, and things like that. We're going deep into religion because it's a game where you play a Bishunen character and you're wearing uh, tr just trousers and you are commissioned by God himself to go back on hurt and bring back the fallen angels <laughs> and the name of the game i'm sure you you know you heard about it is um hell shaddai ascension of the metatron oh my god <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't seen this game in your life just pick a trailer on youtube and you're going to really understand it's like it's it's 
It's like Evangelion cross Bishonen, cross uh, Sanseiya, cross Devil May Cry, and it doesn't make any sense, basically. Like, when you start the game, you're like, wow, what, what, what's going on? I'm in a giant stone and and uh, the archangels are flying over me, except the archangels, they are swans, not, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you don't understand anything. You have to, when you are eating impure, impure people, you have to clean your weapon after that to make it more pure. <laughs> You're like, wow. what? what is going on? Each time you 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 recover some objects you recover some armor and your armor it's like the it's it's super metrosexual like uh you have your belly button in the air you are your your safe point is basically uh lucifer like the the the, the lucifer and uh is mm. is a, a kind of a narrator of all the game and is when you <laughs> when you save the game the guy he, he, he takes his, his, his cell phone and he, he calls God to save the game. Yeah, it's like intentionally an oh, wow. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's super strange because everything, the whole environment where you evolve is um, very pristine, super white, uh, sometimes extremely, I don't know, um, very it really looks like a painting sometimes and uh and you can't make sense of all of this but some aspects of it like the 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 the, the, the way the characters are, are modelized and the overall style it's uh it's very realistic like uh when you i was talking about lucifer lucifer is basically the the narrator of the game like i said and is Oh, he's dubbed in English by Jason Isaacs, <laughs> which is amazing. And wow. He's, and he's wearing like a dark shirt and uh, he's, he didn't button it uh, completely so you can see his, uh, his pecs and you can see his belly button because uh, why not, you know? And oh, of course. Oh, mm -hmm. Everything is extremely bishonen sexy, but the Archangel are swans, the Fallen Angels are inside giant armors that make them look like i don't know like you know first first religions first religion ah first religion uh figures like um azazel like, yeah like for example azazel like they, they only have one high on on the armor they are very tall or very small large or very round and uh that's super strange. That's ve that's very 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 strange. A very strange game. There's a one that you play. I should have said that before, but you play as Enoch, like the, the 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 character from the from the book of Enoch, and well, you you replay basically the the, the book of Enoch or the the a part of the story, and uh, your goal is to bring back or punish the. Uh, the, the angels that uh, went with Lucifer when he abandoned when when he left God, and uh, that's oh my God, that's surreal. But, but Lucifer surreal. helps you save too. Uh, yeah, that's a bit strange. Like it's it's something like uh, you know God and him, they they know that they have to to do this, so they they are cool with it. You know, like okay. uh, each okay. each. Everybody is playing its part, you know, but um, 
that's that's like uh, Lucifer was uh, was playing dumb, and the other follows and followed, and God is like, no, you were not supposed to follow. That was a prank to see if you were loyal, you know. <laughs> so, so that's super strange, super strange. Um, that plays. It's a. It's not a super great. It's not super great beat them up. Despite having uh, some stuff that uh, worked on Devil May Cry, I think the the character designer uh, worked on Devil May Cry, and uh, the the main problem of the game from the gameplay perspective is that it's very repetitive. You have I think four to five weapons, but you take it takes a lot of time to 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 to, to have them all. There's this mechanic where you have to clean uh, your um, you have to clean your uh, your weapons, so sometimes you have to stop clean the weapon and go back. But it has a kind of uh, near gestalt uh, uh, touch or vibe, if you will, because a lot of time the the camera is moving uh, is moving. The camera is behind you, and suddenly it's on the side, and the game becomes a platform game. There's another moment where uh, the whole aesthetic of the game changed completely to something super kawaii so that's very surprising i don't know what to say more than that that's very very strange and uh yeah you, i think you found it uh return warning from space of the kusatsu, kusatsu movie there, there's a lot to unpack in this game yeah, there's a lot yeah. and uh and as you can see I, I was when i thought about this game i was like oh i'm surprised actually richmond didn't make an article about this game before because there's a lot, a lot of to to find and uh, to investigate in this game. Oh yeah, it's, I, I know of the game. The, the problem is I haven't actually played it. That's that's mm -hmm. one of those games that I, I just missed. Like I really wanted to play it, and I really should have. I should have supported it because it's such a unique game, and it, it's. Uh, I don't think it's sold very well. This is exactly the kind of game that you gotta support like right when it comes out don't wait for it to go on sale because like they don't make very many games like this and if you don't you don't get them right away like they're not they're not going to keep making them mm -hmm. but yeah. the game is going to be bought uh on soon oh, they really? announced yeah yeah that that's why i i thought about it that oh, the game they, they announced it uh in late february of this year so it's going to take a, a little while for the game to to come but you'll be able to play this game and i think that in hd this game is going to be very beautiful if they manage to do something great with the port just upscaling it's one of those games that is you know just upscaling it make it way more way prettier basically so i hope uh, i hope you'll be able to play it yeah the, the, the game is it's better now than before yeah it's got like a really interesting uh, sensibility to it. Like I just saw the cutscene where, uh, you know, the main character saves the game, and it's like, you know, God is like doing God's work, I guess. And there's like these just mountains of like books, and he's like writing in them, and he's, and then like you just show up behind God's shoulder, all suggestively like talking with your cell phone, and I'm just like, wow, this is. <laughs> this, this is this 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 right here. This is three a.m. Like this, this is, is three a.m. Like like <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. three a.m. and you're like, you know what? I want to keep playing this game. Like you don't even care what time it is. You're like, I need to know what happens in this because this guy 
literally approaches God from behind on his shoulder. And he is like the most Bishonen of all Bishonens, and he is just like a, a, a confused but emotionally charged schoolgirl. Like like he just goes behind him. I'm like, really? Like, alright, like I, I like where this is going. I wanna see where this goes. So I'll definitely I will pick this up. Like this this is on like deadly premonition levels of like weird stuff. So this is this is my jam <laughs> already. Surreal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That... Go, go, go. Oh, I just want to say from a from a, a art direction and technical standpoint, I think it was very uh, ahead of its time because it it seems like it does a lot of stuff in, in, in post. So it's not just like um, your typical real-time 3D effects. It's like after all the 3D has been rendered, they apply effects over the overall image as if it was like post-production yeah. on film, uh, which a lot of games do now, you know, but, but not very many games in the PS3 era uh, did, and it's, it's very stylized, super mm -hmm. stylized looking. I think yeah. Uh, yeah, more people will appreciate it now. Yeah, a lot of sh a lot of games now have this kind of aesthetic, and uh, yeah. But this one is what it. I think it was more made by you know because of limitations in budget or or technical limitations than. Uh, than something else. There's, of course, there's the intention, but I think the technical limitations also helped, you know, define the, oh, yeah. the, the the aesthetics. But just just to give you an idea of, for the people listening, like Enoch is like the the, the blonde, super awesome guy, and when you start the game, is just is wearing an armor and he lo he loses his armor, and his armor is not even a full armor like you could think about it because it's very religious you know you you can think of a plate armor or a chain mail or something like that but no the guy is basically wearing a porcelain porcelain armor in small pieces that covers different parts of his uh, anatomy and <laughs> what i love is that the only normal clothes he has is a trouser a jean and some parts of the armor go on the jean but not completely because <laughs> You have to stay stylish, even when you have it, you are inside an armor. So that's, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's, uh, that's, uh, that's amazing. That's really, really amazing. And uh, I hope yeah. uh, a lot of people will be able to play this game uh, later. Yeah, yeah, look out for it. <laughs> I just want to mention, there's actually a uh, gallery called Gallery El Shaddai in Shinjuku in Japan. Um, oh. And, uh, you, you mentioned that the art director on this game worked on Devil May Cry. Well, um, Tetsuya Yoshikawa, you know, one of the main artists behind Devil May Cry and the Breath of Fire series, he had his first ever art show at Gallery El Shaddai. So it's it's definitely related to this game. I mean, they it's named after the game. It uses the same font. It's not not a <laughs> not a coincidence that all that plus like Capcom artists show there. Like, uh, mm -hmm. it's definitely a connection there. Yeah, that's funny because the um, the the guy he also worked on Okami, I think. Oh, wow. so that makes a lot of sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very, mm -hmm. very stylized uh, game. Very, very. Actually, uh, I would say opinionated art direction. Yeah, mm -hmm. I was just looking at um, a later part in the game. I, I posted shots of in our our chat, but like, there's this 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 scene that I came across like that's very striking. That's like so. Initial, if you look at screenshots of the game or video, it's like to your point, it feels kind of like Devil May Cry, like it rotates the camera. But then there's like the, there's a couple shots where like there's one where it's 
uh, it's like a silhouette of the the stage against giant stained glass portraits of archangels. And <laughs> to Thomas' point, they are very metrosexual. Um, but uh, there, there's something about it that is very striking. Like to the point, it, I don't think it's just like this doesn't feel like a technical limitation at all. Like this is a very clear art direction choice yeah. to do things like a full like a full side scrolling level against a stained glass window that you climb, and yeah. as it reveals the Not portrait. Just any... Yeah, those those are the biggest hardest abs I've ever seen. <laughs> They're humongous. Th there will be a follow up tweet regarding this one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you like Uriel the Angel of Wafra. You <laughs> can make Wafra to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's you're like you look at this, you're like, is that a JoJo reference? <laughs> oh, but you that's know it. the you love it. It has this kind of I'm saying JoJo for the it doesn't look like that's not the same style, no, but it has the same the same, you know, craziness about the body and the aesthetics and the the, the muscles and the, the poses and things like that. So that, there are a lot of things going on in this game, a lot, a lot, a lot. They 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 do a pretty interesting thing with that stage because you're basically climbing upwards and we're joking about the stained glass, but it actually does tell you a story as you're able to yep. see more of the because it's one giant stained glass pane that you're like almost an ant next to. Uh, and it, but it is telling a story, like as you go upwards. Uh, it's actually a very striking way to, and it looks. I, I don't have the sound on, but it looks like he's uh, either someone's narrating or he's talking about what he's understanding as he's uh, kind of going upwards. And it's also got like some platforming built in as well, which is uh, an interesting choice. Mm -hmm. But anyway, yeah. There's also you. The the game goes from on different aesthetics. So you've seen the stained glass scene. But there's also moments where it's super futuristic, like a big city, uh, a bit like cyberpunk cross religious city, because basically all the, um, the fallen angels, they, um, they, they breed, I think they, they breed with, uh, the, with humans and they became some kind of, you know, gods or kings or things like uh, that. Uh, on, on Earth. Right? Yes, the Nephilim. Mm -hmm. And so basically you, you are, beating the Nephilim, something like that. You you met the Nephilim in the game, and the Nephilim, they, are, they, they look like, I don't know, a, a pudding mascot from Japan, basically. <laughs> and you're like, if you if you write like Nephilim uh, El Shaddai, you'll see what I mean. And it doesn't make sense in the, in the, the design of the game, but it kind of makes sense, actually. And then there's a, also a wall level with the Nephilim that is a platform level and where the game goes into um, uh, into a jet set radio uh, aesthetics with um, so that uh, so many things just a, so many things a, a mini tangent because uh, yeah. Nephilim is actually a concept that, that shows up in a lot of games uh, like Diablo for instance but it actually, as we're kind of mentioning, it actually has its roots in uh, Hebrew mythology. Um, mm. But and I think the reason it's in this game is that uh, I think uh, there are interpretations that mention that their uh, Nephilim are fallen angels. Um, but that I think in in most every game, the the common thread is that they are the the spawn of humans and gods, uh, or mm. or something, or humans and angels, or some variation. But uh, 
that's something that's super worth looking up if you're ever really interested in religious imagery across a variety of games. Uh, Nephilim is a very common concept to see. Uh, it tends to be stretched quite a bit. Like people really mold it like dough in terms of what they're tr what story they're trying to tell. But it seems to be a very resonant concept in terms of talking about this theoretical race of people that are the the combination of uh, angels or you know deities or uh, mm -hmm. high level beings and humans, and that it 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 made something that is more powerful than both. Uh, so it's super super interesting concept. Are Nephilim, like, are they an accepted concept in modern Christianity? Uh, well, they're, like I said, they're based in a Jewish mythology, so I don't know if they really make their way into Christian mythology much, or even in Christian uh, understanding, just, so... In a lot of stories, they're like, oh, God sent the flood to, you know, because, like, because of the Nephilim, because they weren't supposed to... Humans and angels weren't supposed to breed. But I, I, I didn't know if that's just, like, a common pop culture theme or if that's a, if there's any historical basis for that uh, there's definitely some historical basis for the idea right because like i said the, those roots are from the uh because yeah. it's from the hebrew bible which is a portion of the modern bible um uh, i think by and large uh similar to like the <laughs> the book of enoch that we're, we're talking about here uh various reasons uh those stories are considered biblical and part of folklore uh, within jewish and hebrew mm -hmm. mythology but did not make their way into like our modern interpretations of the bible or a lot of religious okay. texts, for okay. which doesn't make them any less accurate. It just means they were not well accepted uh, when those religions were forming their their overall uh, like ethos out of the variety of stories that existed. Wow. I'm glad here we have someone that has a, a bit of uh, religious education or knowledge because with this game you kind of have to <laughs> want to understand something. But yeah, yeah that uh, I I don't have. A lot of uh, religious education, so I think I missed a lot of things while playing this game. So there you go. Anyway, I, I think there, are, I think there are some some interpretations, by the way, of this. That uh, to Richmond's point, uh, the Nephilim refer to the descendants of like Seth and Cain, which are the the, the children of Adam, um, <laughs> which which ties it way back to like uh, some of the stories we were talking about with Lilith in terms of uh, the kind of early. The early human understanding in terms of religious mythology so uh there's a lot of material to pull from there which is why i think games tap into it quite a bit um and they're they're not well documented um i th i think if if anyone is looking up the the book of enoch also look up the book of jubilees and they talk a lot about uh the idea of of fallen angels and nephilim uh, i've never even heard of that one book of jubilees I think uh, th this is a case where you start getting into the split of like Hebrew and Hebrew culture into Judaism, then Judaism into into Christianity, then Christianity into Orthodox and Catholicism. And I think all of this mythology we're talking about tends to kind of hit a right at the, the point where Orthodox was developing. Uh, so uh, you 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 probably can find a lot of um, Orthodox texts that will refer to the Book of Enoch or the Book of Jubilees. Uh, because, like, like I said, they, they always trace it back to like the uh, the journey of Seth and Cain out of out of Eden and like the the the, the lineage of Adam and stuff like that. Uh, so, so I think that's the the kind of what you see in actual mythology. Like I said, games like Diablo have turned the Nephilim into something entirely. But I think originally, uh, I, I'm trying to remember. I'm blanking on the actual story off the top of my head without looking it up. I, I think 
either I think Kane kills Seth at the end of the day. I, I think that's and that kind of makes like Kane the evil one. And then so the offspring of Kane became like the fallen. And that's where the original concept of Nephilim comes from, if I recall. I'm saying a lot of this from memory, so it's probably like somewhat inaccurate, but uh, the gist of it's correct as far as I as I, uh, I recall. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm looking through video of this game. There's a boss battle that's like uh, the boss is just singing a pop song. Yeah. He's literally just dancing. And <laughs> his minions are dancing and, and dance fighting you. <laughs> like, this dude's just having a good time singing. Mm -mm. Hey, we may be Nephilim, but we have a good time, you know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's not because daddy is an angel and mommy. A dance floor. <laughs> Basically, that's El Shaddai, <laughs> the game. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was my 3 a.m. game, and uh, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad James uh, will uh, will try it one day. Oh that's no, something. I definitely will. I actually, I actually might stream it. To be honest, I can I can say to people that like a bit weird game like uh, near Automata or near the to, to try it, but it's really less you know uh dig digestible if that is that a word yeah uh, mm -hmm. because uh because it, it's way more abstract way more uh in it uses um symbolism a bit more too so that's not you know it's it's a lot less i don't know anime <laughs> i would say but it's still weird it's uh, another type you know of uh Japanese pop culture or something like that. So it's, it's Try very, that, uh... yeah, it's very shoujo, like like yeah. like, like shoujo manga, um, mm -hmm. in 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 ways that like a lot of anime yeah, adaptations aren't. Because shoujo manga uses a lot of abstract, really abstract imagery, like like weird patterns to convey people's feelings, like just just very evocative <laughs> symbolic. Stuff. The 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 characters basic remind me uh, of uh, Kaori Yuki. Uh, to be honest, there's a there's a kind of Angel Sanctuary vibe, and uh, mm. my, my girlfriend is a was super fan of Angel Sanctuary when uh, she was a teenager, and when we played this game, she saw Lucifer, and she was like, "Oh my God, I have you know my my uh, <laughs> my teenage love for uh, <laughs> bad boys." David, devils, <laughs> fallen angels coming back while looking at this guy saving my game right. with his phone cell, <laughs> with right. his cell phone. Sorry. So yeah, a bit of Angel Sanctuary vibe too, but a bit less manga, more realistic, even more with even more finesse, I would say. Mm. Wow. See, you, you, your character's clothes fly off when he gets hit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah because why not? <laughs> But, but it's yeah. it's it's all fair because the boss's clothes fly off as you yeah, <laughs> and uh, everyone is almost naked at the end, <laughs> as you would expect. Wow, yeah. as you will yeah. expect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, gotta check this out. Great pick. I can't wait for the Twitter thread, Richmond. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, I oh, actually want to hear from Sean. Sean, Sean, with his um, Catholic school. Uh, upbringing, I think, well, would would have a lot of insight into a lot of the stuff going on here. Uh, it depends. Like it, it depends. Like a lot of games really stretch the. You know, they start with kernels of the the basis, and then they stretch it. But I think the meaning still sits there. It's always interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
I especially like when they, like, as we were talking about, I like when they really go after, like, obscure texts that do exist, but are not generally well accepted in any major uh, religious ethos. Mm -hmm. It's super interesting. Something. I think they, they, they may be not very well accepted, and that may be, you know, um, the, the, the good stuff that's inside. You know, that's, that may be the 3 a.m. religious book that you seek when you're starting something <laughs> new. 3 a.m. apocryphal religious texts. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect name. Okay, next next podcast, our our favorite 3 a.m. apocryphal. Okay, so, Richmond, what is your game? Oh boy, is it my turn? You, you, okay, you've been teasing it. us since the beginning. Yeah. Like, no, you can't, you can't pick the same game as me. It's impossible. That's too obscure. So, <laughs> okay, so, okay, my game is it's not outwardly like the weirdest game ever. Um, yeah, if you saw it, you just think like, oh yeah, you know, it's an old beat-em up. But if you play it, the more you play it the stranger and stranger this game gets. Uh, my game is an old Konami arcade game called Metamorphic Force. Are, are, are you guys familiar with this game? Metamorphic Force? No. No, it's I don't think I am. Scroller. It's a, a up to four player beat-em-up by Konami. Um, I actually did, I don't ever remember actually seeing this in arcades as a kid. Um, I only found it through MAME, like, years and years later. Here, I'll, I'll link a video to you guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. But, but, um, this game is insane. So oh, this game looks wild. Wow, game... I, have, I have Altered <laughs> Beast vibes from Yes, yes, yes. Strong oh, Altered Beast vibes. So this came out in oh. 1993. And um, it, it was actually one of the last beat-em-ups that Konami ever made. I think it was, like, one of the last two or three beat-em-ups they ever did. Uh, just to give you some context, um, uh, Simpsons Arcade came out in 91, and uh, the X-Men arcade games they did came out in 92, and then already the genre was dying down in 93, being replaced by fighting games. And um, this game looks a lot like their X-Men game. Um, similar art style, but it, it is just crazy. And uh, just... The reason I, I feel like it's a it's it's a 3 a.m. game is that um, it feels so much like it must have been based off of like an existing franchise because it, it, it you know like the like the X Men game that they made that was based off of a uh, pilot episode of a X Men cartoon that never actually the Pride of the X Men right yeah yeah Pride of the X Men um, yeah which was animated in Japan by Toei by yeah, Studio Toei like, yeah yeah a lot of hook to no can animators doing X Men stuff that's why like. Yeah, you know, Magneto flying around looking like Rao, like, amazing pilot, amazing arcade game. This game has that style, but it is just, like, bananas. It's just bonkers, because they, they came up with their own bizarre um, uh, uh, setup. It, it doesn't sound that weird. I mean, games, all, all the games back then were really weird and gonzo. This, this one seemed like it was maybe, like, vaguely Captain Planet-inspired. I was yeah, going like, to say this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get a little bit of I get a little bit of Thundercats too. To be yeah, honest yeah, with you, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it feels so much like those old school Saturday morning, like Japanese, American, or or maybe French sometimes Coke productions. Like obviously, like made for a Western audience, Western pre-production. But the actual 
animation production was done in Japan. That's what this feels like, except this was just done at Konami in Japan for worldwide release. And um, so the theme of the game, as Thomas said, it looks like Altered Beast. It's like you you play as these four dudes, uh, and and you know they're these big brawly dudes, and then they can also transform into uh, animals, into anthropomorphs. Um, so it's got that Altered Beast vibe, and uh, <laughs> the fact that they are fight. Oh my God, they're fighting li pink lizard with green trunks. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's so 90s. It's such a 90s game. Um, cause it, it, it's, so everything you fight is like some sort of beast man. And it's, um, I don't know. It, it feels like an American production rather than a Japanese one. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, it definitely has that, that feeling, uh, you know, cause I mean, I was going to arcades a lot as a kid in the nineties and like ocean city and, you know, they yeah. had everything and there was just a wave of beat em ups that you've never heard of. Yep. Weirdly enough, I didn't see this one, but I this saw one like, Konami. Yeah. yeah, Konami put out a lot of beat em ups at the time, and they had this feeling of like Saturday morning cartoon pilots or just yeah. zany ideas from American companies, but with like Japanese animators' aesthetic, which yeah. is amazing. And like yeah. looking at this, like even the title logo is so just, it's so rad. Like the like the fonts that they're choosing throughout this thing are just rad. Like the yeah. the look of the characters, like the combination, like the motley crew of characters, or it's just it's all of this is just rad. Like basically, someone said, "Hey, what is one word you <laughs> start this pitch meeting with?" And it was rad. Everything, everything's <laughs> rad. Like the the beast creatures, the, the the columns, the stages, the locales, everything must be rad. Yeah, when when you defeat an enemy, they don't just blink and disappear. They pop. They burst into pink goo. <laughs> so there, there is a an enemy that I've just seen while watching this that is got frog legs but an elephant head, but the the elephant ears are not elephant ears; they're wings. Because why not? Yeah. yeah. There's one enemy that's a it's a hedgehog man, but unlike Sonic, it actually looks like a hedgehog. Do you mean it looks <laughs> but, like but the it, first version of the Sonic movie? Yes. Yeah. Well, even <laughs> oh, more. <God>. <laughs> But it actually does a sonic spin at you, and um, oh my. Oh my. so there's like a there's like a boss character that's like uh, you remember when they used to have like those big old gangsters with like the yellow suits on, you know, and the pinstripes yeah. and whatever. <laughs> this appears to be a boss that's like a, a teenage mutant ninja turtles like Dick Tracy gangster yeah. dude, like and to James Point, it's kind of just rad. It sort of fits in with that vibe. Yeah. It, it makes you feel like you drank too many juice boxes, and, and there's no turning back. You just got to keep going. It's, uh, I, lo uh, I love that the, the guy that transforms into a beer, when yeah. he's not in a beer, is like a Canadian with a log, and he punches people with a log. He, he carries a he, log around. He's a lumberjack. Yeah, like he's a lumber. Yeah. He's literally a lumberjack warrior. Like yeah. that's. <laughs> You couldn't, like, if you showed me this as a kid, I would have been like, wow, I'm playing this. Where is the cartoon? Like, yeah. what channel does it come on? Because it, it, this feels like a Saturday morning cartoon game, but, mm -hmm. like, it's, it's something that you don't expect. So it still has that, like, 3 a.m. vibe yeah. to it where it's just so queer, quirky, and, and awesomely weird. 
you know, like this, this, wow. Yeah, and the production values are excellent. Like, I think it has even better graphics than their, their X-Men game. They, they put all that experience there into this game. Like, you know, I was going to say. A, it's a beautiful yes. game, actually. It's a weirdly, is... like, high production value game, yeah. Because there's a guy in here who uses, like, a sword or, like, a, he's, like, a fencer, but he looks like Shin. Because he does, he does the Nanto Boktoken jump kick. Like he does yeah, the kick from there's, there's a strong Hokuto no Ken vibe for sure. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's, that, I was going to say that there's a, yeah. a, a big Hokuto no Ken vibe. Yeah. The yeah. the musk the the way the people stand, the armors, the muscles, all the things. Yeah. You, you know, it's you know how it, You know what it reminds me? It reminds me of another cartoon. Um, uh, I think I've talked about it, but you know when you said it's rad, I rem <laughs> it made me think about the the mummies alive cartoon. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was rad. Yes. You know that that's the yes. level of yes. rad that we are talking about. <laughs> that had a great theme song. Oh yes, it did. Oh my god, that yeah. show. And in France, yes. In, in in France, it was called the Turbo Mummy Turbo Mummies, and the song was uh, was sing by the official voice, French voice of Arnold Schwarzenegger. So when, <laughs> oh so when, God, when the show started, <laughs> that was extra rad. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <sighs> wow. I, I want to say um, just some things about the, the production value in this game. There's lots of like little details. Like um, they have a, every character has a different animation for walking up or down. Like, it's not just permanently side view. It's like when they're walking up, they actually have their back to you. And even enemies are, are, are like that. Like, just those little touches make it feel really good. And then one of my favorite things about the game is if you do a knockdown and the enemy is still alive, you can continue kicking yeah. the shit out of them while they're on the <laughs> ground. And, like, some characters kick. My favorite guy, the panther guy, he just starts mauling the guy with his claws. He's just, like, going to town on them. And the it was almost... Is if you're... Yeah. It, you know what, what I was going to add to what you were saying is that what's great about it is like they it's almost like they realized that Dazzler no Storm being able to stab people on the ground in the X Men game they were like wait we should give yeah. this to everybody <laughs> so probably, like yeah that's probably what happened dude that's oh absolutely God, that's, what happened that's that's the what the hell you, you know what adds to the that's the radness of it there's, there's Galactus inside this game what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I think you were referring to the third boss. It, it looks like Daimajin. <laughs> <laughs> the bosses are crazy. Like the the first boss looks like Baphomet, <laughs> you know, like the 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 demon of, uh, associated with Satanism. The second boss is like a firebird dude. Third boss mm -hmm. is Daimajin. Um, there's a boss, the weirdest one. Uh, if if you don't want spoilers, just stop listening and play the game because it's so weird. There there's a boss that's um. It's this this female, this muscular female. She's pink and in a leotard and she has a tail and she has a really sexy body and she's huge, but her face is not like a conventionally attractive, you know, like uh, anime or like the 80s cartoon. She, she looks like a Robert Crumb woman. You, you know what I mean? Like, like, wow. <laughs> like, it is a weird aesthetic. And uh, I, I just want to, I just want to talk about the characters and um, just sort of like, as an adult looking back on this game, this game has like got a weirdly gay feeling to it too. And I, I don't mean that as, <laughs> as like a negative. I, I don't mean that like, oh, it's so weird or something. Like, I mean like, uh, 
like, okay, just going through the characters, right? There's, um, so the most normal guy is uh, Max, the Panther. He, he kind of looks like uh, Shin from Okudo no Ken. And, you know, he, he's pretty normal. And then you get the Claude. Uh, he, he looks like Lady Oscar from Rose of Versailles. Like yeah. a male version of Lady Oscar. That, yes. that was like a famous, um, uh, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a, a famous uh, a Yuri comic, right? Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, and then um, then you have uh, Don, the martial artist. He, normally, you'd think you know, like he'd look like Ryu or something, but he's like a stocky, muscular, stocky Asian dude, and he, he kind of looks like a Kengoro to Tagame character. Like, it's not like a conventional <laughs> karate guy. That's so true. And he turns into an ox, think, right? Yeah, he turns into an ox. That's an interesting then, choice for a martial arts character. Yeah. 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 And then the the uh, icing on the cake is uh, Ivan, who, who who Thomas mentioned earlier. He's the lumberjack, right? A husky dude. He's got a beard, barrel chested, and he literally turns into a bear. He and and when he's a bear, it's not like a giant Arnold Schwarzenegger physique. He's got a big belly, and he's this big, hairy, muscular, big belly bear. Like, <laughs> it's very much you know like a bear in the uh, modern, um, you know. LGBT slang sense of the word, um, and then there, there's I I don't know if any of this is on purpose. It, it's maybe just a bunch of coincidences. But there's like a strong rainbow theme to the game too. Like there's there's rainbow colors everywhere. Like when yeah. the boss yeah. is more. Yeah, I, I was gonna add um, a rainbow. Th- that's what adds to that radness that that uh, James yeah. is talking about is that uh, everything seems to be cycling between like yellow pink green and they're all like they took the saturation slider and they were like okay max it out and they're like okay and they're like no no more i need more saturation like sir that's not there's there's no more saturation they're like more and they're like well the only thing i can do is cycle through all the saturated colors and they're like yeah do that so like (laughs) the health bars the text um all the power-ups have little outlines that highlight and they saturate they they actually cycle through all the highly saturated like magentas and yellows and, and greens yeah yeah yeah, in, in, it's in really the opening, nice. the characters, they shoot out in, into the streams that are each like a, a different color of the rainbow, like different <laughs> primary and secondary colors. It's they even very, very do that with uh, the items that you pick up, too. Yeah. Like, like you know, when life comes up and it's in cursive, it changes like a billion colors. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just like a huge uh, sensibility of the game that they're just unapologetic about. Like, it's just like, no, like, you are going to see all the colors today. This game, I need this on Steam, and I. <laughs> I'm sure I you can play. play I'm game. sure you can play it on Fightcade. I'm sure I, we can we can find dude, it on Fightcade. You know, as, I think we should just stream it. I think all four of us should play this as, game. And record. I gotta say though, as bonkers as this game is, it's super cohesive. Like it feels <laughs> like <laughs> it feels like a TV show. Like I want to watch this. Yep. Like it's really well illustrated yeah. and animated. Yep. The art direction feels like there must have been a whole season of this show because it, it's so yeah. it, it, it's such a tight aesthetic that they got going. Like everything is super confident. Like, yeah. Just, yeah, like, yeah, just, yeah, like, it really yeah, is. Yeah. Like I'm watching, they're fighting elephant men beast in like a <laughs> Like I, I believe it. Like I'm like, there's a part in the story where this is revealed. Like I, there's like a to see it. There's like a part where they're in like a coliseum and there's like an ogre gangster and like a robot samurai and i'm like yeah this this is pretty yeah, cool yeah. Yeah. It, it has the this it really looks like the the teenage mutant ninja turtles you know where they're 
you, you think about oh, yeah. um, Rocksteady and uh, the, the yeah. other one. Oh, Bebop, yeah. Bebop, yep. Bebop and Rocksteady, you know, that, there's this kind of vibe, but like you said, uh, by Japanese people, but it still feels, uh, I don't know, uh, US-oriented? That's this, strange. This is really making me ask, if Richmond, you're sure there isn't a comic or a show that this is based off of? It's just they I really just made it up? As far as I know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, because because this feels like uh, and I and I, I mentioned this before, uh, the opening to Bionic Six is the anime that we never asked for that we never got. And <laughs> this, this game feels like the whole show would look like that, like the quality of the opening of Bionic Six. Because to yeah. to this day, I still think that that the character designer for that show has affected how I draw to some some degree. Because there's certain things when I look back on it, like, I still do that. Like, it just, there's something about this game that feels like there's a whole show somewhere that just never aired, and someone <laughs> has these VHS tapes, and they've yeah. been told to never release them or something. <laughs> yeah. Like, it just, it, it, yeah. everything about this is just so, it's like, there's no way it's just a game. Like, there has to be, like, an expansive world. Like, I don't even know what they're fighting anymore. Like, these are, like... Bikini underwear clad lizard men. I man, yeah. but it's done in such a confident way where you're just like, I you accept it. <laughs> I love oh I love that the, the the green and the pink are so saturated that it reminds me, you know, when you when we were uh, uh, ripping sprites from emulators back in the day <laughs> to to distinguish bef between the colors. Of the characters and the colors uh, and the, the background color, you will yes. put, you know, the the heavier, <laughs> the more saturated pink or green, and that's basically oh, yeah, what yeah. they used to in yeah. this game, but for everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the, I, the two five five two five five two five five magenta pink, yeah, yeah, just like this game. <laughs> this yeah. one, exactly. Oh my god, that's amazing. Huh, I don't know. Oh, you found this game, but that's uh, incredible. I just oh want to say one more thing. Just my absolute favorite thing about the game is when you manage to knock the boss down and you and all three of your friends, all four of you, just start just stomping the crap out of the boss. Like, that's so cool. I mean, that's, that's what video games are about. Like that, 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 that moment where you're all just cackling and like mashing buttons together. <laughs> Yeah, like that's that's such. I didn't even think about that because I've been watching like a playthrough of somebody just going through by themselves. But it's like, dude, if you have all four people just stomping on the boss, that's got to be a beautiful moment. Yeah, let's play it. If it's on Fightcade, we should play it. Yeah, sure, we should. <sighs> it even has like crazy, it even has mirror reflection like on the floor of the. Oh yeah. my gosh, dude, this is so sick, man. And there's a whole story about you know a mountain, of an evil force and something like that appearing and the f <laughs> the four guardians <laughs> the guardian one of them is the lumberjack <laughs> <laughs> the four guardians and like you said there's this rainbow beam going on it's uh yeah that's that's something going oh my god the last <laughs> the 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 ending is incredible too if you if you can watch it uh it's very cheesy and super rad again. So, yeah, maybe try to play this game. Maybe you have to play this game. I feel everyone is uh, subjugated by 
<laughs> these games. By the red? Yeah, By the red. Yeah, you just, you just have to keep looking at it. Because I'm just the, watching like someone go through it, and I'm just like, man, this this looks like such a good time. The redness like, <laughs> conquers. It's, it's it's too good, man. Like just just this this smorgasbord of just everything. It's just like the moment someone made an idea, they wrote it down. They're like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, we'll just make it work. We'll just do it. <laughs> they're like, yeah, but this is just random stuff. Yes, it, we're we're gonna just make it rad, and it'll be fine. <laughs> now we're fighting tree trunks. Oh my god. This is great. This is great. They're like little Groots. Like they're just. It's like Groots. They're little Groots just running at you. This is so cool. Like, I and and just the way that they have them set up, it's like they just kind of show up, and it's like you see trees in the background, but like they just kind of just pop out. And you're just like, well, I did see the trees. So I mean, you know, I should have been paying attention, but it's just like everything is just out of nowhere but actually appropriate like yeah. how do you how do you manage that like that's so <laughs> this is great this is an awesome awesome game like man like just just everything about this yeah if you get a chance to find this game and play it where you know anybody watching this like honestly yeah. you that will not regret it Metamorphic Force. So makes me really miss like, just the the beat 'em up era. I think beat 'em up games are just some of the more there's the the fun of like having four players and like you're just enjoying the art and beating stuff up. Like there's not too much yeah. challenge, but there's just enough. And I, mm -hmm. I miss that style of game. Sure. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, I feel like there's potential for it to come back. I mean, Streets of Rage Four. Uh, I enjoyed that game thoroughly. Um, they're adding more content to it, I believe. So I mean, yeah, and uh, the same editor publisher announced the new um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles beat them up. Yeah, yeah, that looks great. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. looks very great. And uh, that's uh, it's not it's not as rad as what Richmond found, but uh, <laughs> maybe that's that's better for the the sales of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I do hope that uh, there's something that they're adding to the new game, though, that, like, separates it from... Because I, I... Like, mm -hmm. I saw images. I haven't watched, like, the full trailer or anything yet. But, like, I, I certainly hope that um, they enhance the combat and, like, kind of what they did with Shooter Rage 4. Like, I hope that they give you more to do. I think that's one of the biggest problems with beat-em-ups is that, like, you know, some people just like it for the good time and seeing the cool stuff. But then, like, some people are like, oh, man, I'm just running around beating up people. So, like, you gotta have something that like keeps to your interest uh like um i don't know like frog warriors or like <laughs> you gotta you gotta have something that just really keeps your attention uh you know because because again again that's like one of the flaws for like beat-em-ups but like i feel like if they're adding something to something that works already you can't really go wrong streets raids 4 came out pretty well and you know hopefully the, the turtle game will do just that and if it doesn't if it's if it's good and it just doesn't hit right there's still a metamorphic force man <laughs> like, uh, i also uh, love their character select screen with the the half beast half face illustrations yes. that's so good it's so unapologetic it's like yo i'm showing we're showing you exactly what this is about also wow man lizards with boomerangs jesus <laughs> like, yeah 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 the, the boomerangs kill me kill me i was like whoa oh okay Nice. This is awesome for no reason. Oh, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just gonna put it out there right now. One second. Lizards with boomerangs. Jesus is gonna be the title of this episode. 
Wizards with Pum Rods. This game is amazing. Okay. Oh my gosh. So, and for you, Sean, what okay. is your 3 a.m. game? All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take this actually in a uh, much different direction. Um, I I feel like the game I'm going to talk about is I did play it, I owned it. Uh, I think everything we've talked about so far is secretly good. Uh, I don't think the game I'm going to talk about is secretly good, but I think it really <laughs> it really falls into the category of a game that I enjoyed somehow. But before I tell you the game, I'd like to start with uh, someone in the game industry. This is part of her story as well. So if you're familiar with uh, someone in the industry, Amy Henning. She's very well yes. known for having done Legacy of Kane. Uh, she also did, of mm. course, uh, Jack and Daxter, the Uncharted series. Very influential. Uh, but before all of that, before all of that, she was a pixel artist on Michael Jordan, mm. Chaos in the Windy City. And the what? lead designer what? quit. And she took on the job of being the lead designer and we are going to talk about Michael Jordan, Chaos in the Windy City. What so, if y'all are not familiar, our listeners, with this game, it is an SNES game. Um, it is amazing. So it is a platforming game where, not surprisingly, you play as Michael Jordan. And you fight. You, you, have, you basically have an unlimited awesome. supply of basketballs. Um, and the plot is something like, and I'm not making any of this up, Scottie Pippen is having a charity dinner and a mad scientist captures all of the basketball players and Michael Jordan has to come out of retirement with his unlimited special basketballs and has to go into dungeons <laughs> and caves and mining shafts and he has to fight zombies and evil eye robots in order to rescue the players. And my, one of my favorite things about this game is that the zombies that you fight have, like, a basketball for a head, and they pull their head off, and they throw it at you. Um, <laughs> so, it's... And it's got, like, a really weird top-down... guy to mess with. <laughs> yeah, right? It's got a really weird, like, top-down map of, of Chicago that you have to, like, go Yo, to each one. that map is awesome! So... So uh, there's a couple crazy things in this game. So it's it's like generally a platformer uh, where like so you have like an unlimited basketball, but then you get special basketballs that are like freeze basketballs or loop basketballs. So it's kind of like Contra in a very messed up way. Um, and then also for some reason this mad scientist put slam dunk stations throughout the. Uh, his like insane levels so you can occasionally see a basket and if you slam dunk it you get a power up um so it, it's actually uh aged pretty well like it's a pretty pretty okay looking game like um and i i i, I played this entire game i beat this game um uh, and, and i don't know it's it hits this like layer of nostalgia that i have that comes up whenever i think about holding an snes cartridge and looking at, and I'm sure we'll post it somewhere, this, like, insane photo illustration of Michael Jordan with flaming basketballs. Yeah, um, I was watching it. I was like, oh, my God, that's like, you know, Sub-Zero in Mortal Kombat, except that's Michael <laughs> Jordan. <laughs> I, I, 
I anyway, like I, I don't uh, know what else I can say about this game, but like this to me really fit the like. Did this game exist? I'm like, I think I owned it, and then I had to look it up, and I was like, yes, it did. It did exist, and as far as I recall, I really enjoyed playing it. He, he doesn't just walk. He's constantly dribbling the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But is it me or he doesn't look like Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan at all? Uh, like, the sprite. Or yeah, the, the sprites. The, the sprites don't look like Michael Jordan at I mean, all. I, I, I clearly Michael Jordan was not present at the um, video <laughs> capture session. For, yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> and it's super it's super fun because they they added a, a story and there's like a fake comic book pages mm -hmm. going uh, at the start of the of the game that's super fun and the the score um the the score screen is a, a real basketball score screen like you find in the stadium <laughs> that's super fun i also wanted to point wow. out a, a weird thing is that you know how we, we talk about like the x-men children of the atom where like all the characters walk across the screen and it's super cool so yeah, what yeah. they do for the credits is and again i'm not making any of this up i swear michael jordan just dribbles between each one of the players that you have to rescue to beat the game and he high fives them just one in a row <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> wow wow Oh, oh you, you 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 didn't say the, one of the most important things that basically in space confetti in a space confetti room like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's super dark and there are confettis falling and he high fives everyone and between each high fives he dribbles <laughs> so oh my my, my other favorite really ridiculous detail in this game that I don't know why in the world they thought was a good idea, is so this mad scientist that is the antagonist is also apparently really into art history. And throughout the game, there's a bunch of versions of famous art with the doctor, the antagonist. And it's... Uh, the, the one, uh, I posted one in our chat, I'll, I'll put it on Twitter. There's like oh, one yeah. that I remember, like I remember seeing this. It's uh, Edvard Munch's The Scream. And, and then I started yeah. noticing this, like, on stages, there's just tons of famous art, but it's got this, like, Dr. Cranium edited into the art. And I was like, what? <laughs> what artist that worked on this game was editing art history stuff into the background of the levels? Like, why? Wow. And the, the enemies are something like uh, big mechanic eyes, robots. That's uh, flying mechanic eyes, sorry. Mm -hmm. Like kind of gooey, green gooey, goo or something like that. Oh, that's a uh, wow, 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 wow. That was <laughs> definitely wow. Sean, do you do you remember how you felt as a kid, like playing this game? You know, um, like, like, just picking up the box for the first time. Uh, yeah, no, I like I said, I I really have very positive memories of this game. Like, I I, I don't I don't think I was old enough to be struck by how ridiculous it was. Uh, my, if I recall, there's also like product placement. I think like you pick up Gatorades or something, um, to and like Wheaties and stuff as power ups and and whatnot. So, uh, I, but yeah, like I, I think uh, at this time, uh, like you said, I I just have this I, I very intangible feeling. Uh, I used to have a a lot of SNES games. Like I really really enjoyed 
lining up the cartridges and like there's just like uh, to give you an example even uh i had a, a chrono trigger cartridge as well and i i mostly played chrono trigger later in my life like on um like i didn't really appreciate it until i was older but something about having the snes cartridge made it feel cooler like it made it feel better and mm -hmm. just like warmer inside for me than and this is one of those ones where i i had the, this cartridge uh uh, this is like I think back when I was a kid, and I just would get excited about any type of game. Like this is the kind of like time when I would go into the toy store and I had saved up like I don't know fifteen dollars, and then my mother's like, "Oh yeah, you can only buy the cheap game that no one's ever heard of." But but I was like, "Oh, but that one looks really cool," and she's like, "Okay, I'll lend you ten dollars so you can buy this thirty dollar game." Like so for me, like getting video, like any video game I had at the time was really really special. And the, like as as ridiculous as this game is, like the if you look at it, it's actually fairly well crafted. Um, surprisingly, for like as ridiculous as it sounds, and the the mechanics are actually complicated enough. Like uh, there's a number of different power ups. There's a lot of puzzle platforming. Uh, honestly, the the freeze ball and a couple of the other ones, like it, it actually has a very contra esque feel to it. Uh, so I don't know. It's 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 a ridiculous premise whatsoever. But I, I was kind of like whatever. Uh, and, and, like, you also get to the point where um, you're, you're basically going through these platforming levels to go rescue players. And once you get onto the portion of the stage where you're near a player that you need to rescue, a little, like, captive is here kind of flashes. And I even remember being excited when I was like, oh, I found the captive. Like, I, so at the time, I think I was just too young to, like, be cynical at all. And I just really enjoyed it. So I, I have that, – that was one of these things where uh, I was, like – I was – I don't I like I don't have a very uh, negative memory of it, but I could not remember the name of it, and th th I really thought it worked well for episode because I could not remember if I made it up or not. Like I was like, this sounds because it sounds like something that someone would be like, hey, I had this dream last night that like Michael Jordan had a game where he fights basketball zombies, and he like has infinite basketballs, and like so that sounds like a thing that you'd make up, right? Um, but it's a real game, and then. Uh, when I when I was like double checking to make sure it still existed, uh, I came across the fact that it was Amy Henning's first game, and she has a, a whole kind of history around talking about platformers, and like you can weirdly see the influence of it in her career, which I thought was really interesting. That's why I mentioned it. Um, so anyway, and also I, I like the idea that it wasn't just that she was an artist on this game; it was that she started off as a pixel artist, um, and the lead designer quit, which is perhaps not that surprising looking at the game. And she took it over, and she shipped it, and then she went on to, to so pretty much this is the only game that she's ever worked on that people probably don't talk about unless they look look her up. Like, everyone else is like, oh, Amy Henning, Legacy of Cain, like, Uncharted, Jack and Daxter. And then and then it's like, what did she do before that? It's like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, I did what I had to do before that. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. and this is EA. This was not, like, a small company that did this. This was, like, a... Uh, I, I yeah, seem yeah. to recall this being like a, a big deal. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a. This isn't like a Pepsi Man thing. It wasn't a throwaway title. Like I bought this in Toys R Us oh, oh. behind the glass, man. You know, so Pepsi Man was <laughs> not a throwaway title shop. That was that, that is a classic. Yeah, you know what I, Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. I, I apologize to Pepsi Man, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, but, um, this game actually has some love put into it, especially the the sprites. Those are definitely the best part of the game. Yeah, the, the, the sprites definitely have a lot of personality. Uh, they're animated pretty damn well. Uh, the one thing that's really getting me is just how this this map worked. Like, 
I'm There's really just, yeah, like that's really cool that they were able to make this map. It's a really ambitious way to uh, articulate that on a 16-bit system. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Just, I would definitely get lost in this game. <laughs> yeah, I would not be able to beat this game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's typically the kind of games where you kid and you don't have the orientation orientation sense so you don't you 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 don't have the reflex you know to to map the stage or something like that because you could because there's no there's no timer or something like that so but yeah, yeah that's uh i would guess <clears throat> lost too yeah. yeah the level design is almost like a more sprawling prince of persia yeah, yeah it's got a bit of a mega man feel to it but you're, you're right the so the the levels yeah, right. are more complicated than they look if you just look up a video because um it, you're not just trying to get to the end like you, you have to um, you have to first. You, you first of all, you have to like get a certain amount of currency. You have to explore the level in order to get your special basketballs because um, they're they're a limited resource. And if I recall, the bosses are nigh impossible without the the special basketball ammunition. Um, <laughs> and I think you also before you can like even if you find one of your player captive dudes, you have to go somewhere else in the level and find the key to the door before. So there's a there's a lot of traversal in it. So it is actually a pretty hard game. But again, I was like I was so young, I may have just been bad at games. To, to Thomas's point, <laughs> uh, but I, I recall it being pretty challenging. But I did beat it. Um, I, I also like it's got a lot of like weird nonsense, like the transitions. You know that, like, classic Michael Jordan dunking thing that Nike likes to use, like, kind of yeah. silhouette of him? That's actually the transition cutout that they use. <laughs> yeah, I just saw it. It's, uh, it's awesome. It's very well made. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, anyway, this is, uh, uh, like I said, just fit, fit the mold for me perfectly. But the, the more I went back and looked at it, the more I uh, was impressed that it ever happened. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like just... Being an adult now and looking back at this, I'm just like, wow, I cannot believe a company conceived this, greenlit it, created it, produced it, and, like, <laughs> it, and like treated it semi-seriously. Like, because it's, you know, nowadays product placement's pretty brazen. Like, there's, a, like I said, a lot of product placement in this game. Like, but it doesn't feel like an ad. Like, the product placement is actually, for lack of a better term, pretty nuanced. Except for the Wheaties and Gatorade, because there's, like, the score screen just has their logos on it. But everywhere else, <laughs> <Yeah>. like... <laughs> If I didn't tell you, you may not realize that the sports drinks that he drinks as power-ups are, are Gatorade. So, like, that's probably why they had to do it. So, I don't know. It's, like, a weird... <laughs> it has a weird amount of love put into it for how goofy of a premise it is. Um, anyway. Yeah, it's, it's a perfect it's a perfect 3 a.m. game. And it's um, it's weird in a way that, like, people would do on purpose now. But it's there, there's something special about this era where, like... Hey, a mix of it is, I think, sincere effort on the developers, and then maybe the bankrollers are just like, ask for kids, just do whatever, you know? It's like a bizarre combination. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how to describe this 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 feeling, but I, I thought I would reflect it, because I, I definitely remember feeling it in this game. It's like, you know how when you have limited resources in a game, there's, and I, I feel like a lot of games um, are maybe bringing this back with, like, Ori and the Will of the Wisps and whatever, but... Uh, so the, I mentioned the limited basketball ammunition. Like it, it sounds kind of like a throwaway. Like oh right, that's the mechanic, like Mega Man ammo. But uh, because you have to go find them in the level, um, I, I still personally like. I remember once I kind of reflected on it that like getting like the good basketball ammunition was a kind of like you know you could feel the excitement in you like getting a gold basketball or getting a, a freeze basketball 
was like in and of itself an exciting event in the game because <laughs> they like they actually did a good job of making the specialized ammunition so much more powerful that like it, like I said it was an exciting event just to be able to find it so like there's there's like I don't know I don't know I don't really feel that much when I play games nowadays um Maybe it's just, like, this this weird combination of, like, mechanics and scarcity that they built into the game. But I, I thought it was actually balanced pretty well as well. Like I said, the I, I recall it being hard enough, but also like, there was a lot of joy in discovering mechanics and things that you can unlock in it in, in terms of the way that you played with it. So, I don't know. Surprisingly good game for how much I'm talking about how ridiculous it is. Yeah. <laughs> are, are you guys familiar with uh, Barkley, Shut Up and Jam, Gaiden? Of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So, so, I mean, this was an era where, like, every basketball, famous basketball player got their own video game. Like, they, like even Scottie Pippen has had his own FMV game. Um, but, uh, uh, so, Barkley Shut Up and Jam was, like, a street basketball game. Kind of made sense to do that. But then somebody, an indie developer, <laughs> made an unofficial sequel called Barkley Shut Up and Jam Gaiden, which is, like, a crazy RPG and I feel like that game was even more inspired by this, Chaos in the Windy City, than by the actual Barclay game. Because this game is bonkers. And, uh, <laughs> the RPG, actually, I think the plot uh, is that um, uh, I think Barclay triggers like the Armageddon because he does a dunk so powerful that it like destroys the world inadvertently. <laughs> the, the Chaos Dunk. And th this game is called Jordan, Chaos in the Windy City. That's yeah, that's so rad. Everything is rad. Yeah. Everything, everything. <laughs> oh my god, I'm watching yeah. a, a speed run because of course people are going to speed run this game and finish it in 20 minutes. And uh, <laughs> wow, the 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 different stages and uh, animations and all. That's uh, surprising. A lot of stuff is happening there. Did you see the basketball boss? The boss made yeah, yeah. basketballs. Made of basketball. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they, they draw lips on one of the basketballs so we can see that it's his mouth. <laughs> so that's very creepy. The the best part of that of that that basketball man fight is like the way like the way that you have to beat it is you have to it's it's on like a basketball court and you have to slam dunk to get the power ups you need. <laughs> But you can't slam dunk the same That's basket. Awesome. You have to go back and forth across the court. So it makes you like avoid the boss so that you can slam dunk and get the special ammo. It's it's super contrived, but it works. Wow. And the, the the final boss, the 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 scientist is is like in this kind of capsule, like a Doctor Robotnik. That's surprising. <laughs> I'm just kind of impressed. Whenever we see a game like this, like, what do you think the meeting was? They were like, okay, this game needs a story. <laughs> and, and it needs to that drive... Be the best the, meeting in history. Right? It needs to drive the character design. It needs to drive the level design. It needs to drive the boss design. And, and I'm just trying to imagine, like, whether or not, like, they thought of, like... Because the, the craft of it, like I said, the game is, is fairly well crafted. So there's part of me that believes, I can just imagining Amy Henning sitting there and being like, okay, I'm taking over this project, guys. And hear me out. We're going to take this super seriously. Like, you know, the characters are going to be kind of goofy, but we're going to do the shit out of this game. We're going we're gonna to make these good boss fights. We're going to make this level design not suck. Like, I, I just, like, I, I don't know. I, I almost... Um, 
I, I almost feel like uh, when I look at, like, the reason I keep relating it back to her is I, I feel like it's so, we, we, we talk a lot about on, the, on this uh, podcast about how you kind of see the history of creators and stuff like that. And, and this is, like, weirdly where she got her start, but I, I think it's, like, one of those things where uh, I think, very honestly, like, a lesser director or a lesser designer would have not seen this as an opportunity. And I, I think that's part of why it, it has, it feels like it has so much love in it, is I think she saw it as an opportunity to take take the, on this role and do it well, and you can see the buildup of her career. Like if you look at like she went to do Legacy of Kane, and then she went kind of back to this more goofy thing with Jack and Daxter, and, and so like a, like weirdly we might have this game to blame for some of the most influential um, development of platforming. Now you could argue whether or not like Uncharted and uh, <laughs> that style of game is like a good influence in the industry in terms of the kind of games that it kicked off, but. I, like I said, I, I would argue that there's like a, a lineage there that may have started with her inadvertently becoming the lead designer of this game when I'm sure, I don't know what the actual story is because I, I read this in an interview that she was talking about how she became the lead designer, but she never, I never really did hear why the lead designer quit, but I, I, I can imagine all sorts of reasons that seem reasonable to me. <laughs> um, right. <laughs> I, I feel like there's a, a story there that I really want to know the details to. Yeah. Well, if yeah. any of us oh, yeah. uh, met meet uh, Annie, I mean, ask her directly. <laughs> like, hey, I know, I love the Legacy of Kane series. Oh, thank you. Oh, and uh, that Michael Jordan game. What's the story behind <laughs> it? <laughs> you know, first, just, first, just meet, right first meeting, it, right? she, she doesn't know your name, and you're like, okay, explain to me the, the, the Michael Jordan thing. Explain, please. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining being like, oh, Amy, I'm such a huge fan. She's like, wonderful. What, uh, I just want to talk about like my favorite game. You're oh, which one is it? Michael Jordan, the Windy City. And, she, and just like I imagine her being like, oh. <laughs> oh. Say, so, yeah, oh, all right. That's, that's where we're going? That, that's how we're doing this today? <laughs> Incredible. Oh, that, that, that is a perfect 3 a.m. game. I... I, I legitimately forgot it existed and then if you bring it up i'm like wait did that really happen <laughs> <laughs> now like if there's I don't... a game that quest no go ahead good yeah if there's a game that actually makes you question if it existed this is definitely it <laughs> like this is that game where you might be out with your friends and you know maybe some drinks are going around and you're like hey man this game though and you're like, what? Like, nah, dude, you made this up, man. No, there's no way you played this game. And then you pull up the YouTubes, and then this is like, oh my god, like, no, this is real, you know? It's like the, what was that? Was it, it wasn't Shazam. It was some Sinbad movie that people, like, thought they saw. And they're still talking about it to this day. Like, it was supposed to be, like, a Shazam movie, like, Shaq, but Sinbad was in it. And people were like, no, dude, I saw this movie. And they're like, it doesn't exist. Yeah, so many people think they saw a movie where Sinbad played a genie. <laughs> but it's actually Shaq. It's like in this... Mandela effect things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, but in this case, like, this actually does exist. So it's like, it's perfect because you're just like, nah, dude, I can actually show you this game. The, the Mandela effect is a really interesting phenomenon. Because like, every time I hear about it, someone will tell me a thing like, oh, this thing is that. And Almost like almost immediately, your default response to hearing about this is like, "No, this thing happens." I am a thousand percent convinced. It doesn't matter what you're talking about, if it's affected by this. 
And like, I'll give you, a, here's my favorite Mandela effect example. So uh, did you know that Fruit of the Looms logo does not have a, um, basically uh, the, you know, the, the horn, I forget what they're it's called. The cor uh, cornucopia. The cornucopia, yeah. And this is, you can look this up. This is a phenomenon. People insist that the Fruit of the Loom logo has a cornucopia, but it does not, in fact, have a cornucopia. Um, that one freaks me out. That one actually freaks me out because I absolutely <laughs> remember it with the cornucopia. That's uh, really weird. To, to go on off on an even further mini tangent, uh, the reason I actually think that the Mandela effect, this kind of idea, is so interesting because it's part of a UX concept that is called shared memory. Um, and you can actually take advantage of it. Like if you ever, uh, had like a room, uh, especially when you're working on a project where you have like a bunch of stuff up on walls and whiteboards, or you ever saw like designers where they just paste pictures of stuff and you're like, Oh, why do they do that? Is it just to like have it there? Part of the idea is to take advantage of the concept of shared memory where, um, just by having things kind of in your zeitgeist around you, everybody kind of starts to interpret the same things into their memory. But it also works the opposite direction where um, certain things will have a similar effect across people. But if it's not consistent, if it's not controlled, then you start developing out these weird beliefs that people are absolutely like their mind just convinces them that they saw it in a context that is unassailable. Uh, so I don't know if, if I would say if anyone's interested, look up the concept of shared memory. It's super interesting. That's um, that's great. I've never heard anyone make that connection between those two concepts. Yeah. Well, because the because the, the, the mind blowing thing about these things is not just that one person insists that, that you know the game existed or this thing happens. It's that massive groups of people are like dead set on it. Like it, it's it's hard to communicate like how much people believe they're right. And yet there is no, <laughs> there's no demonstrable evidence that the thing that everyone believes actually happened. Uh, and it, but it has, it has a lot to do with um, how your memory prioritizes things that you, like, you basically prioritize uh, other things. Like, so the, the way, I guess the way I'm explaining it is uh, your memory is already a mechanism for summarization, right? Like it's, it's taking things and then it's kind of filling in the blanks with its experience. But because we're a, a community species, like we, you know, we our, our survival is based off of each other. We actually prioritize a lot of communal beliefs and a com communal belief systems and stuff like that. So that's why, like, it can be used, like I said, to the benefit of working together, having things in the same room, having everyone on the same page. But it can also happen where, like, you because you believe other people believe it, that you convince yourself, your mind convinces you that it is correct. Um, and I think my understanding is the reason that people become so absolutely like dead set on their belief is that uh from your brain's perspective it believe it, you really do your, your brain doesn't see a difference it, it really believes this is what happened so trying to to uh see evidence against something that your brain is absolutely convinced happened is like text technically not helpful for your survival so it kind of like you can get real meta with it being like an evolutionary thing and i think it's a, it's a pretty fun concept to, to go down the rabbit hole on Especially at 3 a.m. Wow. Yeah, I mean, especially for it, it, I think what also would make it interesting is that this being the conversation piece of it, like, that. <laughs> like, because you, yeah, like, it's something that really has a lot of, like, I guess for lack of a better word, like, control, like, of how you perceive something. So, yeah, like, I mean, that's probably why so many conversations are so passionate about, I mean, 
the cornucopia being one where it's just like, no, I remember it being there. Because even here, thinking about it, I never thought about it until now. And now my brain is like, but dude, like, I do feel like I remember it, even though I'm being told that it never existed. And and it's like, it didn't. I did, it just, like, in my brain, I'm like, but dude, like, did it, though? And it's like, nah. It didn't. But chaos in the Windy City did. <laughs> it did. It did happen. Can confirm. Uh, I actually uh, uh, was thinking about. I, I don't think I have my SNES games at my house, but I might call my mom and see if she she has my my SNES game stored away somewhere and see if I actually still have the cartridge because I don't remember ever getting rid of it. So um, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, anyone want to add something? <laughs> if not, I'm going to leave you guys. It's time for me to hit something with uh, my partner. Well, so... what, I, what I enjoy about this conversation is I feel like I've had something intoxicating like alcohol, but I have, in fact, only <laughs> had coffee this morning. So, uh, effective. These are, these are, in fact, 3 a.m. games. They have made me feel... <laughs> The, the 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 podcast that will make you feel intoxicated <laughs> for you <laughs> available where you take your intoxications <laughs> i i like how like each 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 game uh each game that we've talked about like we've ended and all of us are just like at a loss for what to say so yeah, yeah but... you don't know what to say on someone explain to you like oh, what, what can I say? It's <laughs> the chaos in the Windy City. <laughs> well, leave it to you to close it off then, Richmond. Okay. Um, yeah, that was super fun. I think uh, I, I would like to keep keep doing this as a regular feature uh, on, on the show. Yeah. I think, um, man, that was tons of fun. Uh, so it's almost 3 a.m. for me. <laughs> so let's, let's yeah, I'll, I'll wrap things up. Um, so thank you for listening everyone um this has been the art eater podcast we talk about all sorts of cool stuff mostly video games but we really can talk about whatever the heck we want um so if you enjoy this podcast uh please follow along you can get uh, updates on twitter uh, so if you go to twitter look for at art eater podcast all one word um, and you can also go to www.art-eater.com and you can see an archive of uh, all of our previous podcasts. Uh, and also, you know, all sorts of cool articles about different, like, video games, and movies, and animation and stuff. Uh, yeah. And um, you can follow me, the host, uh, on Twitter. I'm Richmond Lee. That's R-I-C-H-M-O-N-D underscore L-E-E. -E. Uh, yeah. So that's it for me. Um, everyone else, please let everyone know how people can follow you. Uh, well, uh, I'm James Stanley. Uh, I am no longer special, but special. I uh, <laughs> actually can be found on Twitter under beefy underscore kunoichi. That's B-E-E-F-Y underscore K-U-N-O-I-C-H-I. I do a lot of storyboard work, uh, mostly for my own independent projects, and I am definitely out there trying to get some work. Uh, but you will see me working on my independent project called Part-Time Shuffle, 
you will see some of the food that I like to eat and create. Uh, and uh, just random hot takes uh, from my own segment called Lunch Break Hot Takes, where I talk about uh, mostly fighting games, uh, but sometimes I do kind of divulge a little bit into uh, thoughts and opinions on new anime and old. So, uh, you know, if you're interested in that kind of thing, uh, that's the spot. It's beefy underscore Kunoichi, and I am James Stanley. Damn, that was rad. That was so <laughs> rad. <laughs> the way you explained everything, and I'm James Stanley. Beam. That's me. So okay, I'm just uh, I'm just Thomas. You can find me uh, on the internet at uh, Thomasaurus. So uh, it's Thomas and O R U S at the end. Uh, you can see everything I build uh, using code and code uh, on my Twitter on on my website thomasaurus.com. And uh, I'm Thomas, and uh, that's all. And I'm special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, I'm I'm uh, Sean. I'm always here. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Daborsk, D-A-B-O-R-S-K. Uh, I talk about UI, UX, PC gaming. I currently lead design teams at NZXT. We make PC gaming stuff. Uh, so if you want to hear about that or want to see me retweet what these guys are doing, uh, then go ahead and uh, give me a follow. <laughs> All right. That was super fun. Let's let's do this again soon. Mm -hmm. Okay, Absolutely. and you, Richmond, where everyone can find you, and what are you doing? Oh, me? Yeah, I, you. I, I heard went. you. I just you went. He already went. <laughs> I already went. Yeah. He went before you. Yeah, but yeah, but I heard you were working on a on a cool game, and you didn't oh, mention it, and I, that's a shame, yeah, because that's amazing. You are correct. You are absolutely correct. Um, <clears throat> right, so I, I do uh, work in games. Um, I, I run a game studio called uh, BitEgg. Uh, I'm one of the co-founders, and I'm often an art director on the games that we work on, and we are making a really cool mecha uh, strategy game, turn-based strategy game, and it is called Zeka Tactics. That's Z-E-C-H-A-T-A-C-T-I-C-S, -E -E Zeka Tactics. So you can go to zekatactics.com, and um, you can also follow us on Twitter, at Zeka Tactics. Uh, game's super early in development. Uh, it's still in pre-production, but um, you know we're an indie studio, so it's actually in our best interest to get the word out there as early as possible. Um, I promise it will not turn into one of those like nine-year production cycles. Uh, we, we're, we're on track. I think we, we, we it looks like we will hit our uh, have an early access demo out this year. Um, the game will be uh, eventually on um, our, our target platform is PC, uh, uh, almost assuredly Steam. Uh, we the game is not ready to wishlist yet, but um, you can subscribe to our newsletter. That would actually be the most helpful thing. Uh, at this point in production um yeah and you know, you know follow along on, on twitter that's where we usually give updates uh, we also have like uh, facebook and we're all over reddit um so yeah if, if you if you want to check the game out uh please uh give it a look let us know what you think and um yeah thanks thanks so much for listening and uh, everyone like uh thomas jane sean it's always such a pleasure to record with you this is same so here always. Thanks for doing Yeah, everyone, uh, stay safe. Stay safe out there. Later. Later. Later.